A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreams Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And of course, the 2016 World Series champion, Chicago Cubs. How you guys doing? This is Anna Catulli, and this is Dreamcast number 34. With me is the one and only Rice Q. How you doing, fearless leader? Been better, to be honest, but yeah. life goes on and so does it. Yep. Uh, it's been a busy time for us, like most of the time. I can't even you know, watch the games live or listen to them live since, you know, I, I guess we're both at work. So, yeah, this is just one of those, like, rare times we have to just shoot the breeze. Yes. A nice time to just talk baseball, the goings on, and just see where things are going so far. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's really our plan for the evening we want to talk about our spring training exploits uh, with the Chicago Cubs during Cactus League play. Uh, maybe a few things about what we're looking forward to when opening day comes around. Uh, if everything works out, we should have a guest, uh, and you'll hear him in the middle of the podcast. Otherwise, this part will probably be edited out as professionally as we can. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's rock it. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, last week was officially the start of the Cactus League season. Uh, the Cubs... I don't even know what the record is. I don't, I think they've only lost twice, and they've had a few ties, and they've won way more than they've lost or tied. So, you know, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's spring training. They're just getting their work in and trying not to get hurt or anything. So, you know, it, it's just been kind of fun to see all the exploits, uh, see a lot of sun, see a lot of green, and see just guys playing baseball. Like, we we really like them to do. Yeah, right now it's a bun it's like the guys that you haven't really heard of who are playing most of the game. And so the outcome isn't really too important. But whether it's Joe Sixpack or Anthony Rizzo, you still like seeing the Cubs win. Even if it's a meaningless game. It gives you hope. Yeah. And uh, I, I think most of the regulars right now are playing five innings, maybe six innings max, but most of them are out by, like, the, the bottom of the fourth or even the third inning because 
honestly, they just need to, you know, get one or two reps. They need to run the bases, but then they're going to get their work in elsewhere. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. There is an off day right before a split squad series uh, on March 12th. So no games on March 12th for the Cubs, and I'm guessing that's when we'll see the first cuts. Probably. There's not going to be many surprises, if any. We could probably sit down and write out the entire 25-man roster if we wanted to right now. There's virtually no position battles available. All that we really need to see is who's going to be starting and center, who's going to be leading off, and I think maybe one bullpen guy. Yeah. But for the most part, everything is set for the Cubs. It's a kind of a boring camp because there's no true battles. But boring is good. Boring is a good problem to have for this club. That means you're a good team and you don't really need too much help. Right. Yeah, the second off day in spring is March 20th, so that's uh, about eight days after the first off day. So I'm guessing you'll see first cuts in March 12th, uh, second cuts around March 20th, and then final cuts, like heading down to, like, so technically the Cactus League season ends on March 25th. Uh, that's the game at the Royals camp in, in Arizona, and then the Cubs are going to fly over to the Miami area, I think uh, Boston. The Boston Red Sox yeah. is their is their two-game exhibition series at Jet Blue Park. I believe that's in Fort uh-huh. Myers, but you, you can feel free to correct me. But that's just like a stone's throw away from Miami. Yeah, and that's a very rare occurrence that guys from the two different – Spring training leagues actually play uh, an exhibition game. Right. So this is like a, it should be something fun. Cubs and Red Sox. Yeah. At the end of spring training, actual games. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember a couple of years ago the because the Cubs usually make a trip to Vegas every year, and a couple of years ago it was the Mets because the Las Vegas Fifty Ones is the Mets. Uh, triple-A affiliate, so it can happen, it's just, uh, I I guess, yeah, Yeah, but right now, geographically, it makes sense, because they're just, you know, playing down the street in Miami to open the season, so that's always Mm -hmm. good. It's perfect. Yeah, and kind of like every now and then, you go, you look at the past couple of seasons, they played in Houston for a couple of games before they opened the season. I believe they played in Arizona the year before that. So it, it does happen. They just got to get their work in, you know, uh, give fans something to look forward to before the games actually start to count. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been following too much spring training lately this year, but that's one game I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, so we're looking at March 29th as the season opener, and I didn't – like, I surely should have known this at the time, but I can actually see the entire opening – season opening series because I – like, I, I think three of the four games are on WGN, and – uh 
it's my spring break, so I'm kind of excited about that. Fantastic. Yeah, actually, the two two beginning games at the beginning of the series are on WGN, and the last two are on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. So I won't be able to see the last two games, but uh, I'll I'll be able to listen to all of them on the radio, and this time it counts, or when when it gets to that point anyway. But real baseball will be great. Yeah. Yeah, kind of noticed all these weird uh, two-game series uh, throughout the year. It's not just the interleague ones. There is a couple that involve these NL Central, uh, the NL Central teams. Like you know, right after Miami, it's a two-game set in in Cincinnati before they head to Milwaukee. It's kind of weird how they started throwing those in, but I guess with the extra off days, that that's what they kind of have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Extra off days here or there, it's going to create some very funky schedules. Yeah. That does uh, give them time to figure out how to reshuffle the lineup. I, I know that they there, – there's been, like, a weird pattern. I don't know if you've also noticed this, but, like, I I heard somebody on, on Twitter say this, and it seems like they always uh, – shuffle the lineup so that a guy like John Lester doesn't have to deal with, say, the Milwaukee Brewers because you know how the Brewers like to run all over the place and Lester isn't as good as at holding runners as, say, Kyle Hendricks. So it, it's kind of interesting how that seems to work out for them. Yeah, especially now that he's got a new um, pickoff move or fielding maneuver to throw to first base. It's Interesting. Yeah. So he calls it the Pippin Pass. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Pippin actually tweeted out to him saying, anytime you want to borrow from my handbook, feel free. Whatever it takes to buy the W. <laughs> yeah, uh, so a little cross-sports camaraderie there. I, I kind of like that uh, idea. And it makes sense because if you, you're going to muff a throw, you'd rather – give uh, a good, sure-handed first baseman like Anthony Rizzo a chance rather than uh, always throwing it into the seats like Matt Garza used to do. But, uh, you know, there's, there's like two two weeks left of spring training before they have to make sure that they get their stuff together. And I, I feel like, you know, he, he's a hard enough worker that he'll get get at least some of this figured out. Yeah, it's like, um, I forget which coach said it, but they'd rather Rizzo play goalie than try to grow three feet. Yeah. It might have been Madden or it might have been uh, Butterfield, but uh, one of them definitely said it because I saw Jesse Rogers tweet about it. and It, it makes sense because uh, if you can, like, do, do a three-bouncer, like the three-bouncer is still going to beat the guy to the bag. Or if Lester can run over and do, do the underhand toss, which a lot of pitchers do anyway. Uh, underhand tosses are a le- lot less stressful on your arm than the overhead toss. But uh, yeah, it, it could, but the whole bouncing it can go really wrong because you're dealing with a lot of variance in the field, whether it's wet or dry. Yeah. If it's in the ground, he tries bouncing it. It could bounce completely away, and that could spell disaster too. Yeah, that would be kind of lame. I understand yeah. what they're trying to do, but I'm not completely sold on it. 
Yeah. I'd rather he not even try to do anything different than he's been doing. Yeah. Like, I, I guess if you have to throw it, as you don't have time to run halfway there and underhand it, uh, you'd rather he bounce it in the dirt because you know that Brizzo more likely than not can pick it. But that also precludes him from, like, starting, like, like say, a one six three double play. So he's not going to throw to second because, uh, you know, the throw goes in the center field and the guy's at third, you know. But uh, yeah. And you can't really bounce bounce the pass that, that way either. It, it doesn't make sense to do so. So I feel like they're happy enough to just let him make what – I guess you can you can consider a safe play and say, okay, well, you know, we'll just concede that base. They're at second and third now. Can you at least get the out at first? And I guess as long as he's still a good enough pitcher and as long as they're happy uh, dealing with that trade-off, I, I, there's nothing I can complain about. But uh, it is kind of annoying to have some guy who – like he he can paint the corners pretty well. He's a very good pitcher in terms of command and whatnot. But you can't throw to a base. It it doesn't really make sense. But then you know the Cubs also admit, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But that's just what we got to deal with. Yeah, my question is, hasn't he ever just played catch with somebody? Virtually, that's pretty much all it is. He's playing catch with the first baseman, the third baseman, the second baseman. Oh, well, yeah. It's odd. Like, uh, when I watch pitchers uh, warm up before their starts, they do long tosses, so they are throwing from flat ground. But if he's fielding it, he should be off the mound and on flat ground. It it should work, you know. But uh, baseball is one of those funny games, right? You know, you, you used to have, like, the guy in Major League to the catcher who used to not be able to throw the ball back to the pitcher, you know, that, that was based on a real situation. I think it was a Mets pit, uh, catcher that they based it off of. And so that, that was not just made up. That was for real. Like, a lot of people, for whatever reason, get the yips. And, you know, that's why... That's why Butterfield was saying. Yeah. not alone. There's a lot of guys that have that struggle throwing it to various places yeah it's confusing as to why it happens especially with pitchers who are known for like needing to have that great accuracy it's just annoying and confusing just baffling yeah i think as fans we have a right to be annoyed because we we expect so much from a professional athlete they're so much better than us that you you kind of take their skills for granted but at the same time you know like yeah we should be annoyed because we're the paying customer but if the team itself isn't annoyed because this isn't going to prevent them from winning games like every now and then it's probably going to cost them a game over the 162 and there's nothing you can do about it and then it's just like you know uh i i gotta I got to throw to a base. I can't. Uh, it bounces in the dirt. Oh, oh darn. Oh, well, right? But uh, for the most part, he's getting people out. Wilson Contreras and whoever else is helping him uh, keep the running game to stand still. It should be okay. And if the club itself is okay with it, like I'll, you know, mumble about it and be, be annoyed. But 
there, there's nothing really we can do about it because he's under contract for the next three, three or four years, depending on if they pick up his option, and you just got to live with it. Mm-hmm. And hadn't really hurt the Cubs yet. I mean, I'm sure as his pitching declines with age, as it's as everybody does, it become more painful. But for now, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Uh-huh. When he starts not being able to get people out by pitching, that's when it's going to become trouble. Yeah, there's going to be a narrative involved, and there always is. Like, you know, it, it happened with a lot of the past stars. I'm sure it'll happen here. The thing is, I think this front office and this coaching staff and this team in general are good enough at handling the media that it's not going to blow up in their face. So it should be okay. Yeah, I'm not, not over the concern. Yeah. Not anyway. But, you know, the – there, there's going to be like a Sometimes article or whatever about how Lester can't do simple things and blah, blah, blah. Gordon <laughs> Whitmire can't, can't go a day without finding something to criticize the Cubs for. He, he's been a little better lately. Except for when it comes to his boy down in Colorado, Mr. DJ LeMay, who he never misses a, moment, misses a chance to say how Theo blew that trade. Oh well, yeah, you you can consider that a blown trade. I mean, he oh, he was uh it was a Colvin and Lemayhu for Ian Stewart and some other guy, right? Is that is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Since they didn't make that trade. There's no telling if the Cubs would win the World Series because they wouldn't have gotten Zobris. They probably wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, Baez. It's a domino effect. Yeah. It's bad on the surface, but the end to the means it comes from the World Series be, partially because of that trade. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it it's kind of like the butterfly effect, right? If we don't suck enough, uh, there is no way that they could have been able to draft Chris Bryant or uh, they they couldn't have been able to draft like you know Schwarber and everybody else. It, it's one of those things that just kind of happens. And it, yeah, you know, there there's a lot of good stuff happening down in the farm. Like it's not as good as it used to be, but like you know, they they keep saying like all our farm system is in their twenties. They're on the big league club and they all have championship rings. So what's to complain about? And they'll figure out how to reload later. <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm. I'm not worried. We have very smart men leading this team and finding the talent. Yeah. So they'll restock it at some point. Yeah. Could it be our hero's moment? Could they somehow find a way? Will they rid us of these ghosts of shame? So I think we wanted to talk a little bit about the roster. Uh, you know that uh, tomorrow, which is going to be Tuesday, March 6th, for those of you who are listening uh, outside of the space-time continuum, uh, is Yu Darvish's official first start as a Cub in a uh, real baseball game, or as real as it can get anyway. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what looking forward to seeing him in Cubby Blue. 
Yeah. Well, there will be pictures, and I, I'm hoping that uh, there will be highlights as well. Like, it, you know, there there aren't that many highlights in spring training because a lot of these games just simply aren't televised. So it, it's like, well, I could try to look for Snapchat videos or, you know, people posting stuff on YouTube, or maybe we get lucky and uh, the home team has a plate camera and it's not going to move, but at least we could see what's going on, right? But, uh, yeah, there's no, like, official broadcast, so it's going to be kind of hard to, to see unless you you listen to the MLB.com or, or uh, Game Day Audio. Like, you, you simply can't see as much as you could during the regular season. But I imagine with, you know, the tens of thousands of people who are going to be there, well, 10,000 plus anyway, not tens of thousands, but uh, I'm sure that somebody will be able to have a good quality video and will get plenty of accounts of how he did anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the U Darvish experience with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, we could talk about the roster real quick. Uh, you had mentioned that most of the spots are already taken up, which I definitely agree with. Um, I'm trying to figure out at this point, like, do they want Victor Caratini down in Iowa to play every day, or do they want him to... every day, Gomez will be the backup catcher. Jimenez, yeah. So, Chris Jimenez... Like, uh, we we had this whole thing last time we recorded, like I recorded with with, uh, with a couple of other guys uh, while you were uh, off and away. Uh, we were trying to figure out his name, and it's not Jimenez, it's actually Jimenez, and it's uh, officially on his baseball reference page as the pronunciation guide, it has to be Jimenez. But, yeah, he even if he doesn't make the roster, he's given the – Cubs catchers a lot of pointers on like you Darvish's like 11 different pitches that's kind of cool mm-hmm. because he, he does have an arsenal I think he uses only like five or six of the, the pitches at a time but apparently he is able to generate like at least seven uh, pretty good pitches like I, I, I'd say six of them are probably plus pitches and then every now and then he'll just throw in like a random pitch just to mess with guy. And so this should be very interesting to, to see, like, how uh, the new Cubs pitching staff, uh, coaching staff is able to help him, uh, you know, whether he's able to get back to vintage U Darvish. Uh, he's always been good. He's always been successful at MLB. Like, I'd say the last year when when he was in the postseason, like, the Astros torched him, but he was – Actually, pretty darn good against the Cubs. Oh yeah, he was pretty good against Denner. Everybody except the Astros. Yeah. Well, nobody was good against the Astros. Like they eventually did win the World Series, and they had a pretty good offense. Yeah. I'm not sure any of the pitchers were really all too good in that World Series on either side. Yeah. I mean, the offense has just kind of exploded in that. Thanks yeah. Mostly to the baseballs. <laughs> But that's another story for another day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like 
because they're bringing, you know, Tyler Chatwood, he's supposed to generate ground balls. Uh, Mike Montgomery usually generates ground balls. I think Kyle Hendricks is a ground ball generator. So as long as you can keep the ball in the infield or on the ground, I, I, I think that should mitigate some of the damage. Um, so the rotation's pretty much set. Like I wrote about like how they could potentially do, you know, uh, a hybrid six man rotation where Mike Montgomery gets like, you know, 20 starts or so. And then everybody else gets like 25, 26, 27. Uh, I imagine that the top starters are going to push for their 200 innings, like no matter what. And, you know, at this point I, I'm just like, well, if Mike Montgomery can do it, just let him eat some of the innings. Cause he's not going to pitch in the rotation in the playoffs. Anyway, you already have your four. Assuming nobody gets hurt, knock on wood. Yeah, in Chatwood, I would. I hope he has a great success, but he's. I'm not quite sure. I'm comfortable with him being one of the four playoff pitchers in the rotation. Yeah. Well, thankfully, he you know. Yeah. The the good news is like they're they're all. There's six deep at least, and then there are some in the minors who could probably give you a few innings uh, in in an emergency. But you know, like with the top four, you got Jose Quintana, you got John Lester, you got Kyle Hendricks, and you got you Darvish. Like you don't really need anybody else. And then having the luxury of having those long men in Tyler Chatwood and Mike Montgomery, like who used to be your fifth and presumptive six starters like it, it's a really deep deep uh pitching staff and so there there's like no reason to get anybody else i i think mm-hmm. and yeah and now it's just you know us waiting to see who signs jake arietta so the cubs can bag that pick yeah, hopefully it's not the brewers i don't know I'm they're, actually, they're i'm actually hoping that the Phillies pull magic out of their ass and he signs there. Yeah. Like the Cubs only have to play the Phillies like six times and that means they'll only face Arietta a maximum of two times if everything goes according to plan. And I'm guessing that the Phillies aren't anywhere close to making the playoffs, so don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, despite, like, everybody saying, you know, Jake's washed up, Jake's not worth his money, like, I, I think he's still pretty darn good. So, you know, even if he's not 2015 good, he, he's still good enough to kind of scare you. Yeah. And who knows, maybe the Cubs will pull some magic and sign with, like, a one-year deal for, like, $30 million. Yeah, that would definitely put them over the text. And I'm I'm thinking that they definitely want to stay underneath it so that they could blow their money next year for Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's assuming, though, that Hayward either goes to center or he opts out. I don't so think Hayward's... He has, like, a monster, monster 2018. Yeah. I don't think there's any situation that Hayward opts out. And uh, I'm guessing that the Cubs really, really hope that he figures out his offense again because, yeah, that that glove is great. And if he can even hit, like, as a league average bat, like, you know, obviously they're not paying him like a league average bat, but if he gets back to league average, that's a very valuable player right there, even if yeah. 
you know, he's not what he used to be. Like, it's still a lot better than what we've seen over the past three years. Yeah, if he can give you, like, 265, 270, yeah. I would gladly take that. Yeah. Add in about a, a dozen home runs, That I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, if he can hit double digits and keep playing his elite defense, uh, I feel like if they do sign Harper, they're probably going to trade somebody. Uh, I don't think or they're going to. And or Elmora. Yeah. Because that means Hayward would go to center, like he was supposed to before Fowler was signed. Yeah, he can definitely handle it. And the cool thing is you got, like, multiple people who can handle, handle center field. You get multiple people who can handle all three outfield spots. Uh, you know, when Schwarber isn't going to play because there's a lefty on the mound, uh, you, you can put Hap out there. You could put uh, Ben Zobrist out and left. You could move a bunch of guys around. You could put Almora in center. Like, Hap can play center. Hayward can play center. It, it's, like, a really versatile club group and like you can even put Brian out in out in left or center if you wanted to. Uh it's it's like a dream for Joe Madden. Like you could he could just move them all over the place to fit his lineup however he wants for any given day. It's mm-hmm. essentially the perfect way to build a ball club is just having a bunch of athletes who can just insert Play anywhere. Yeah. The only exception is Rizzo who well technically he can He's played second base with some of these odd switches. He's only a first baseman. Yeah. He's like the oddball. Yeah. He knows he can play multiple positions, but Rizzo. Right. If he, yeah, if he wasn't left-handed, he probably could could play. He's got good enough hands and good enough mobility to probably play third base if he wanted to. But, yeah, I, I, I think there's an advantage to having a left left-handed first baseman just for, like, sweep tags and the way you throw across the diamond uh, from the first base position. So I'm kind of glad that he's the one at first base. Like, he's obviously gold glove caliber. He Has he won one yet? I, I'm not, yes, he has. Yeah, because he, 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 yeah, he won the platinum glove. So it, it's like I really enjoy the part where you have all five guys in the – and the starting infield as elite level defenders. And, you know, if Wilson Contreras can learn to frame a little better now, now he's like an even better catcher than he already is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure Bryant will ever win a gold glove, but he's growing in defense. He's getting better. Yeah, I think he's got good feet, he's got good hands, he's got good instincts. Like, you know, the, throw sail on him a little bit every now and then, and he does the double patent the glove thing, but uh, he, he's pretty quick on his feet, and he's got good hands. I, I think he'll be fine. Bias should win a gold glove at some point with his miraculous defense. And yeah. Russell is a pretty damn good defender as well. Yeah, I think the only reason Bias isn't, won any awards is because he moves around so quick so often mm-hmm. that he's just not eligible at any position and that's kind of lame. Yeah, like, he should have like a utility player gold glove who guys like Baez and who plays every position like at least once a game it seems. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, once we get 
the first couple of cuts, we'll see more likely like who's going to be on the roster. Uh, but the reliever battle, I think it, it's going to come down to the eighth spot, and that's between like Justin Grimm and a host of others. And I'm not entirely sure they want to give up on Justin Grimm, but if they don't use Justin Grimm, uh, then Eddie Butler is a possibility. But uh, both of those guys are out of options. And so if you don't, you know, if you can't cram both of them on there, then you're probably going to lose at least one of them. Probably. You might be able to sneak somebody through waivers, but these are not. Good. Yeah, so my hope was that there there was some way for the Cubs to sneak Eddie Butler through through waivers so that they could stash him at Iowa since he doesn't have any options. But the moment they call him up, they're going to have to like keep trying to outright him or designate him for assignment and whatnot, and it, it's going to be a major mess. Like I feel like this spring they're going to lose one of Justin Grimm or Eddie Butler or maybe even both. If, uh, by all means. Yeah. Grim, I think Grim has a lot of potential, a lot of talent, despite fans not really liking him too much. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a lot better than fans give him credit for. And I am, from what I've been hearing, Justin Wilson is actually looking like the guy from Detroit. Yeah, he. It's spring training, but. He's looking like his old self. He said when he came to Chicago, he started playing with his mechanics, trying to change some stuff up. Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. In Detroit. So if he's if he's that guy, the back end of the bullpen is dominant again. Yeah. So the bullpen on paper looks good. Like uh, I don't think they need a fifth outfielder because. You know, just about everybody on on the roster can play the outfield. Uh, so we've got Almora, Hat, Hayward, and Schwarber. Yeah, that should be enough. Uh, Brian and Zobris can play the outfield if they need to. Uh, Javi can play the outfield if they absolutely need him to, but I don't think that it'll ever come to that point. Like all those guys, like just trying to find playing time for every single guy and. Ma- setting matchups and maximizing those matchups. It's going to be quite an interesting juggle for Joe Madden, but he, he's shown a propensity for doing just that. He's good at it. Oh, yeah. He's going to have to find the time to get both Elmore and Hap a lot of playing time. And you got to play Zobris. Mm-hmm. You have to play buys almost every day and everywhere. Right. He's got his hands full, but Madden has shown in the past he can get it done. Yeah, because if your your bench bat is like the outfielder who's not playing right now, that could be Schwarber, that could be Hap, that could be Almora. That's that's a pretty good bench. And then, you know, like use Ben Zobrist as as the bench bat. Tommy Lastella could be a bench bat. That's that's Love a bench bat. He's a yeah. Pinch hitter. Yeah, that's a very solid bench. And you know, we we know. Nowadays, everybody has eight guys in their bullpen, but all eight guys are potentially really, really darn good. Uh, we've already talked about the starters. They're good. This, I, I have no complaints about this team. This is the most exciting the team has been since, like, 2016. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it might even be better 
and the 2016 team, and that that says a lot. Yeah. And the starting staff look on paper looks like it could be much better. Right. Because you got uh, starters that are better than Lackey and Hamill used to be, and so that's that's pretty darn good. Like got upgrades just about everywhere, and I. Yeah, I just simply have no complaints. I just can't wait until the season starts, man. Yeah, me either. It'll be nice to get a good distraction. Yeah. The beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. And we're honored to have with us tonight, uh, live from spring training. Uh, Which part of Arizona are you at right now? Are you in Phoenix proper, Mesa, whatever? I'm in Tempe. 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 Or Tempe or Tempa. Nobody knows how to say it. So I'm in Tempe, but it's uh, right near the Mesa border. Only about, uh, I'd say, nearly two and a half miles, something like that, three miles from Sloan Park. Yeah. So, anyway, this is Danny Rocket of the San Ranto Podcast. You probably heard his uh, tunes on either Twitter or, like, you, you actually got a, a skybox at Wrigley Field after getting your Carl Edwards Jr. Was it Carl Edwards Jr. song? Yeah, or it was, yeah, Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I and- did vote for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, yeah, I did win a, a skybox at uh, the White Sox game and also at the Cubs game. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, the day I went down to Sox Park, of course, nobody was there. I was one of eight people that were in the ballpark. But that is the night, and I would have been at Wrigley. I sold my tickets, and I didn't go. That is the night that John Lester hit a home run, and I missed it because I was at stupid White Sox Park, whatever they call it now, guaranteed sell or whatever it is. A- anyway, uh, the next night was against the uh, Diamondbacks, the Cubs Diamondbacks, and uh, we didn't do anything. Cubs lost, so I played it all wrong. I had great, <laughs> I had great seats to a bad game. Oh, well. I guess life will go on, but I'm glad you got the experience. Like most of us peasant people won't ever be in those boxes unless, you know, a rich friend uh, decides to take pity upon us. But, well, uh, I, I could have snuck you in. I snuck my friend, friend Johnny into the skyboxes because all you got to do is go out with a ticket. You know, I had two tickets, so I just left with it with both tickets, left my girlfriend in the box, <laughs> and, uh, watching the game and then cut, came back in with my friend Johnny and the other ticket. Yeah, I guess if uh, we had planned further in advance, I, I could have taken you up on that. But uh, right now, you you are at spring training. Have you been to games every single day, or have you just spaced it out so you could play golf or hike or whatever? Yeah, I don't golf, and I and then I don't really hike either. So, yeah, I went to all the games instead, and um, – yeah, all the ones at Sloan Park, I have seen pretty much every single other baseball stadium down here except for Maryvale, and everybody's like, nah, don't go there, it's a dump. So, uh, yeah, I've, been, I've seen all the ones at Sloan Park, and uh, it's a, a beautiful facility, but, uh, you know, it's not new anymore, and I kind of feel that this year. It's not like it's dirty or anything, but um, it's in good shape and everything. It's a nice campus, and it's a great place to watch a baseball game. Yeah, it looks absolutely beautiful, and I know that uh, Hohokam – 
which the Cubs used to use, has now become the A's facility. So uh, have you been to that again, like ever since it's no longer Cubs? I have, and I'll tell you, when it was a ho-ho camp for the Cubs, it was a real dump. I mean, I burned my butt on their risers. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, just out there in the sun. I mean, it was my choice of seat, but it was a dump. And I swear to God, amongst the vendors, I maybe cl- counted eight teeth am- amongst them all. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, now it's the A Stadium. I did go there, and it, they made it much nicer. It's a great place to watch a ball game, much better than when the Cubs had it. Yeah. And uh, they were just saddled with uh, food safety violations yesterday. Oh, my gosh. What happened? Yeah. Well, apparently they were storing cleaner above the ice machine. Uh, they had uh, meat at uh, above uh, uh, the temperature or at room temperature for too long is what they said. Oh my Co- gosh. Cooked burgers. So yeah, it was a whole list of stuff. So, <laughs> it was, so apparently the, the ballpark is beautiful. Uh, apparently the staff is the same I with, see. Their, with their eight teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just the A's in that stadium, right? Uh, they don't double up like most of the other stadiums in, uh, in Arizona. Correct. And they painted it green. Oh, well, that makes sense because that's yeah. their primary color. I, I kind of wish the A's were better taken care of. Like, they're right across the bay from San Francisco. Like, I, that's where I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I grew up with the A's and the Giants and, you know, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Barry Bonds and whatnot. But, yeah, uh, yeah the Giants are just stealing everything, and the A's get nothing, and they're still trying to get the new ballpark. So hopefully that works out because, you know. Yeah. They've gotten the short end of the stick, as they say. Indeed. But uh, in Sloan Park, uh, is it like I've never seen pictures of Mesa outside of Sloan Park and of, you know, like every now and then Cubs Den will will show a few pictures of the backfields. But uh, there, there's like a, like a touristy area around there, right? It's definitely not just the ballpark. Yeah, well, they built up around there. There's uh, definitely a, a lot of apartment buildings, uh, most of them new, mm-hmm. some some of them old. And, uh, yeah, they built a whole complex, uh, you know, just to the west of uh, Sloan Park. Well, actually, to the west and east. They've built uh, tons and tons of brand-new stores. There's a Portillo's. There's a Target. There's this Total Wine place, which is a giant beer and wine uh, uh, distributor, and then there's hotels that are brand new. There's the Sheraton. Uh, that's, I mean, if you want to picture Sloan Park, mm-hmm. picture it more like a college campus. Oh, you got okay. Your, you got your backfields and the, obviously the parking lots, but then you know, just to the east of the ballpark, there's kind of a park. Uh, you know, big grassy area with a you know man-made lake and a fountain and stuff. But then there's stores all over the place. You know, uh, I mean. Obviously, the only three places I named were uh, a, a Target, a, a, a wine store, and a Portillo's, because those are the only places I've actually been. Um, but, you know, chain, a couple chain restaurants like a Ruby Tuesdays and stuff. It's all kind of brand new, and I feel like it's there because the Cubs built what they built there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever talked to locals and find out, like, what happens when the Cubs aren't there? Uh, like, obviously, there are extended spring training games, but by that time, like, most people are gone, right? So, 
they they got to be able to sustain that local economy somehow without the the Cactus League in town. Yeah, well, they've got Arizona Fall League down here, and they play games uh, there. In fact, uh, I just got a ride to the game with my friend John Ferlice, who's from Cubs Insider, and uh, he has a ball. He had a ball with him, and it was a ball that he got in the Arizona Fall League when Kyle Schwarber came back to rehab for like two games. Uh-huh. To- to be able to play in the World Series in 2016, and he has he got a ball because there was like eight people in the ballpark watching uh, Kyle Schwarber uh, or the AFL League, and uh, he got a ball and he really wants Kyle to sign it. So, huh. uh, so that happens down here sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, I imagine most of the ball clubs are within 30 to 50 miles of each other. It's like not like Florida where they're spread out across like. Basically, I call it the penis of Florida, you know, because that's what it looks like. <laughs> America's wang. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like you, you can, I imagine you just like rent the car and just drive yourself everywhere or is the public transit okay down there? Well, you? Uh, you know, I actually, uh, we've driven down here. My girlfriend and I have driven down here for the last uh, few years. Uh, this year we decided to fly because it is a uh-huh. hell of a long drive, and so we yeah, it's like two days. <laughs> and we, we we stayed pretty close to Sloan. I've actually walked to the ballpark a couple of times now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I've been taking Ubers and stuff. We did rent a car for about a week of being down here, but we only rented it to uh, visit this fabulous museum. I'm a musician, and uh, there's a museum down here called the Musical Instrument Museum. Oh, cool! And they, it is not only a tour of uh, or a showcase of different musical instruments. There's videos, there's headphones that you wear that automatically play the music you're seeing on the videos, and you travel around from country to country to country, and you get to see the instruments and hear the instruments played by native, uh, uh, you know, musicians. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the best places. It's a little bit out of town, you know, maybe about a half hour away. Um, but uh, th- we rented a car to do that, and also because uh, my girlfriend's mother was in town, and you know, j- drive her around, get her to her everywhere she needs to go, and uh, go to dinner and things like that. But um, I don't think it's necessary, uh, you know, if somebody's thinking of coming down here. If you stay close to the ballpark, Uber is, you know, I. If you're three miles away, it's no more than a ten ten dollar Uber, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, car rentals because it is high season down here can be you know upwards. I got a decent deal on Hotwire, but it, they can be upwards of like forty bucks a day. Yeah, I, I imagine. I didn't pay that. Yeah. I paid fifteen. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a bargain shop sometimes, and I, I think you know for the most part, it's probably really cheap for you to get tickets into the ballpark. It's like. Definitely a lot cheaper than here at Wrigley, correct? Well, it's it's interesting. This uh, spring training uh, started so early, mm-hmm. and people aren't really off yet. I mean, I believe the first game was February 23rd, mm-hmm. and the first one at Sloan was the 24th. And, um, you know, it, the whole season, uh, the first two weeks of uh, spring training, uh, it has two-thirds of the Cubs spring training home games. So uh, the Cubs kind of got screwed in that capacity. The first week of uh, spring training uh, saw tickets as low as like six dollars, mm-hmm. you know, on, on StubHub, and um, you know, I and the crowds during the week were quite sparse. It's been picking up since then, 
Uh, and uh, like today was pretty packed in there, but a lot of people wanted to go see you Darvish's debut, which was he didn't do a bad job, huh? Yeah, great. yeah, I heard about that. Like I couldn't really listen in because I had to, you know, teach and do makeup tests and. The kids were in there, so I couldn't turn on MLB.com. It was just like, ah, and the game day kind of kept freezing. So I had to go on Twitter and say, hey, what's happening? And they're like, well, oh, yeah, so the Cubs are winning. Yay. <laughs> the run he gave up, I believe, was Wilson Contreras' fault. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's not even on him, even though it's going to be on his, earned, his spring earned run average, whatever you want to do with that. Yeah. But, uh, no, the uh, uh, unfortunately – uh, for that reason, I've actually been walking into these games because I know a lot of season ticket holders who can't get rid of their tickets, so they just dump them on me because they know I know a fair amount of people mm-hmm. and have you know Twitter followers. Them, so I just tweet out, "I'm like, hey, I'm, I got a fistful of tickets." But I was walking in to those games with a fistful of unused tickets, and huh. when I was walking around outside in the parking lot you know i saw many many people being like anybody need one anybody need one because it's you know tuesday on february 27th or whatever it was you know yeah it's early and so now it's picking up and um but to be honest i like it when it's empty in there it's more comfortable yeah Yeah, i I guess in a way i i really like it now that I can't afford tickets because that means the team is good but uh, I used to like having like seven seats around me just completely empty it's just me my family my son you know some friends and there's just elbow room you like you can spread out nowadays you can't <laughs> because well, the you, ballpark's back all the time you, you could have last week and i could have handed you my fistful of tickets and said enjoy yourself well i'm also i'm also like 1500 whatever 1800 miles away so that doesn't really work for me <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's it, commute yeah it's, commute. It's on my bucket list. Uh, have you been to the new park that the Rockies and Diamondbacks share at Salt, Salt River Fields? Salt River Fields. It's, uh, you know, I was actually talking to John about this, too. Uh, John Felice from Cubs Insider. I don't know why I keep plugging him. But, oh, they're, they're a good blog. <laughs> yeah, they are a great blog. Evan Altman over there. I'm actually going to watch the game with those clowns tomorrow. But, um, it, yeah, it is a beautiful ballpark. John and I were just talking about this. The difference between Sloan Park, as I, I said, it's like a college campus. Think big, grassy areas, which, by the way, there should not be any grass in Arizona at right. all. You know, it's all, you know, it, it's a, an affront to Mother Nature. But it's beautiful. Uh, you go to Salt River Fields, and they've really gotten into the desert landscape of the place and makes it really cool. Mm-hmm. I uh, caught a, a day game there and a night game there. At night, uh, you know, just because, you know, they built it with kind of desert colors and with cactuses all over the place and different kind of levels, lots of places to stand and still be able to see the game down in the outfield and on the line. So you can walk around. Um, very open space as well. But the the golden colors mm-hmm. that you get off of, like, the desert landscape of it as the sun sets is just gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful ballparks I've seen. You know, yeah. and John was saying that he thinks that he even maybe likes it better than Sloan Park. Right. It, it always looks fantastic in, in the pictures. And, you know, Sloan obviously is probably like, quote, the crown jewel of the Cactus League. But uh, whenever I see pictures of of that park, uh, you know, whether it's like the Rockies or Diamondbacks, whoever playing there, it's 
absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really cool stadium, and it's uh, very conveniently located and not so far from Sloan Park, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all all of them are literally like a bus ride away. So, <laughs> yeah. The furthest, the furthest the flung, I, I, if you go east to west, uh, you know, the furthest east is Hohokam, I believe. Uh-huh. And the furthest west might either be Camelback or Peoria, which is quite far, where the Mariners, I believe, play. Uh-huh. That could be an hour from here, depending on traffic. Okay, yeah. And uh, I, I guess uh, that's going to be have to be on my list of things to do. Like, I don't imagine ever having to visit too many parks. Uh, I, I know that Salt River Fields is one of the few Cactus League stadiums with pitch effects because, like, every now and then you go to game day and, you know, the spring training intern is just like, well, that's a strikeout. I'll just put, like, three little red dots there and make a strikeout. But when you're actually at, I believe, Peoria is one of them. Uh, I think that's where Casey and maybe, you're right, it might be the Mariners. They play there. And then Salt River Fields has pitch FX, so you can actually see the trajectory of the pitch and, you know, actual pitch counts. And I'm actually kind of surprised that the Cubs don't put put a system in there for themselves considering yeah, they if, yeah if, if i had a complaint about the cubs ballpark uh, uh-huh. overall and this has been going on for a few years is uh you know they've got a fair amount of uh, kind of ribbon boards around <clears throat> and uh, they'll show who's pitching and they do have the speed of the pitch and you know also who's batting and um uh, you know the things that you want to know balls and strikes you know to keep track of the game um they don't always work and whoever's running them is doing a pretty crappy job because they oftentimes have the wrong count up oftentimes you can't tell who's pitching and and sometimes i mean i can zoom in with my camera and Uh see the back of the guy's jersey and be like oh that's who's who's pitching but they can't figure it out like i don't know if it's a miscommunication or whatever but like you know, you want to know who's pitching, and then oftentimes game day is frozen. Uh, the other thing is there's not very good cell towers out there. Oh, yeah. And so uh, when the place was packed today, um, you know, I take a lot of photos at the game, and I like to upload them to Twitter uh, right away, like when Al Mora hit a home run and uh, it, today, and uh, then <laughs> his pictures of his horrible bloody nose. I don't know if oh, you heard about that. I did. They didn't really update us on that, like, just making sure that he's still alive, but I assume that he walked off under his own power and it wasn't oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He was just bleeding out of space. And uh, so I got some great pictures of that, but I couldn't really upload them because the, there's not enough cell towers. There's no wi- – well, they have Wi-Fi, but I don't have the password because I think it's probably just for, uh, I don't know, Tom Ricketts, probably his personal <laughs> Wi-Fi or whatever, or, or even situationally like for the vendors because a lot of them – uh, the food trucks in the outfield, which are marvelous, a lot of them serve great food, better food than at Wrigley, I'll tell you that much. Uh-huh. Um, they all, you know, are using iPads and stuff to, to you know, do transactions and things like that, you know. So maybe they're on the Wi-Fi. But, you know, it, that's what's lacking there. Some of the modern amenities, like you said, mm-hmm. they don't really have pitch effects. I guess they're uh, – I mean, they uh, the scouts uh, sit right behind home plate. They bring their own guns. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the food is 
I, I just imagine it's probably better because there's like literally no room in Wrigley to cram another food court. <laughs> and I guess uh, this year's renovations are supposed to fix that some somewhat. Uh, I'll, yeah. I guess I'll ask you guys uh, when you go to your first games. I'm not actually uh, planning to go to a game until like mid-July because uh, of the teaching schedule and the fact that that's when our tickets are. <laughs> but sure. uh yeah, uh, hopefully someone can tell me how it looks in there. Like, I've been to the plaza. It looks really cool from the pictures. Like, the hotel went up really super quick. Uh, it looks like they're on time with most of their renovations. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. But, uh, yeah, man, billions of dollars gets things done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm glad you had a great time, and I'm very happy that uh, you – you were able to give us the time because I know like how awesome you are and how busy you you can be even when you're having fun. Oh, tell me about it. I I work a day job too every day. I'm not just screwing around out here. I I mean, it's online, so it's good. I can travel, but uh, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the kind words and you know, we're all just a bunch of Cub fans here and love to talk about the Cubs and, um, you know, I do it. I do it in many different places. And if people don't know our show, it's Sun Ranto, like Ron Santo with uh, R&S switched. Oh, yeah. It's been spoonerized. And you are at Sun Ranto on Twitter, correct? Yeah. And if you want to hear my music, most of it's been uploaded to YouTube with videos. And you can just search me, Danny Rocket with two Ts. Yeah, it's it's pretty darn good, like most of what you do. And maybe one of these days, like... Uh, we can write a parody together or something like I used to do that quite a bit. And now I just don't have the time, but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you're quick on your feet about that. And I guess that comes with the territory of being a musician. Yep. Pretty much writing songs all my life. Yeah. And you know, are you guys still doing a John Baker day this year? Uh, yeah, I got to actually talk to John uh, about it. I think we're shooting for something like the 21st, but don't write that in stone. That is a, a Saturday, uh, July 21st against the Cardinals is what I'm hoping. It's a 6:15 start. I thought that would be a great day to do it. Um, so uh, uh, we're hoping. Uh, you know, d- depends on John's schedule, and uh, we throw that uh, with uh, Corey Finnerin from the IVNV podcast. Uh-huh. So uh, we just, there's a lot of people that we need because it takes a lot to, you know, throw a big event like that, um, you know, with mm-hmm. everything that goes into it. So uh, we need a lot of hands on deck. So I just got to make sure everybody's, you know, that date works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, uh, no matter what, uh, no matter what happens, we will find some way to celebrate the night the backup catcher got the win. Yeah, that uh, was a great night for us all. Fiesta forever, man. Yep, JB forever. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to that game live or uh, were you watching on TV like the rest kind of us? Kind of, kind of. Um, there's a song that I wrote called The Night the Backup Catcher Got the Win, which I wrote the morning after the game. And um, it, it and really the song is not about John Baker. It's about what happened to me that night. So I could either spoil it for you or you could just go find the song and listen to it. It's called uh, the, the Ballad of John Baker, originally titled The Night the Backup Catcher Got the Win. But it's called The Ballad of John Baker on YouTube. I, Basically, I saw most of the game up until about the 12th or 13th when I got kicked out. 
So oh, wow. That's what, it, that's what the song's about. So go uh, listen to I mean, I didn't do anything to get kicked out. I probably should have been kicked out. But, uh, but I, I was not able to reenter the stadium, see the end of the game. I did watch the end of the game at the dugout bar. But it's all in the song, so check yeah. that out. Will do. Thank you again for your time. Enjoy the rest of your spring training. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you, sir. Through the good times and the bad times, we stood beside you every day. Till now our dreams have gone on So you're you're not going to the home opener? I saw you were uh, selling your tickets. Yeah, I'm selling as many as I can right now. Not sure when I want to go to a game. Yeah. yeah uh, I think uh, we had agreed to go to that July game to get the Javi bobblehead, so it'll be fun. I, I haven't gone to a game with you in a while. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be like my one game of the year now that <laughs> most of us peasants can't really afford to go to the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting rough. It's getting rough. But uh you know, like we've seen pictures of the renovation and the hotel, like it's gonna be really oh, strange. A fantastic area. Yeah, it says because right across the street on Addison they're they're building new stuff. Uh they built they built the new hotel which is supposed to have a McDonalds in there again. Uh I guess the Taco Bell is still there. They they didn't knock down the Taco Bell, but they definitely had to knock down the McDonald's to build a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so like you know, they put in new clubs that we will never go into because we we don't have royal blood or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we but, don't have the money. Yeah, even us season ticket holders are little peons compared to those clubs. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as long as you get to go in the ballpark, watch the game, I, I think it's it's fine. I don't really see the need to go into a club like that anyway because I'd rather have the fresh air, but that's just me, man. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'd rather be outside. Yeah. I mean, even if one day I was in a skybox, uh-huh. I'd probably watch it from, like, the little stands that are out in front of it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to pay all that money just to sit and watch TV on the inside. Yeah. The exception if it's like one of those 30 or 40 degree games, then I might just sit inside the booth. Yeah. Uh, At least the windows are clear so that you can see outside, but I I don't know, like windows usually have some glare and that you can't see as well. I don't know. That's what blankets are for anyway. Blankets and lots of jackets. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. so I guess that that's what we'll do. Like, uh, let me know when you go to your first game. Like, we'll we'll talk about the new Wrigley experience. Uh, hopefully, I get to talk to Danny about his experience at Sloan Park and whatnot. Like, I never been to a spring training game, and it's probably on the bucket list of things to do. Oh, absolutely! And a yeah. huge shout out to Danny Rocket. Uh, he's known as Sun Ranto on the Twitters. <laughs> and him and his group of Cub fans are a great group of people. Yeah, they do the John Baker Day every year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's and a lot of fun. Their own, they take care of their family of Cub fans very, very well. 
um, for their good friends. Um, they've actually started taking up collections for people who lose like parents. Oh wow! Yeah, it started off with uh, one of their members, Mike Leonard. They got him a Schwarber jersey after oh, his wow. father passed. Well, that's a really nice touch. Very mm-hmm. nice gesture. And they recently, um, for those that don't know, I lost my mother about three weeks ago now, almost. Yeah. And um, they all threw money into a pot, and they got me uh, Ernie Banks jersey, which is one of her favorite players. Yeah. Uh, that's a really nice touch, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Jacket is a fantastic person. Him, the Ranters, yeah. they're a great group of guys. Cub yeah. fans get together, and it's a great family. I'm very appreciative of that, and want to let it be known to the world how good of a guy Danny is. Yeah, and I, I didn't really want to mention it, and I, I guess uh, you, you did, but yeah, I wanted to honor your mom and, you know, just tell everybody what a nice lady she was, like, you know, just a few days before she she fell ill, she offered to, you know, get me tickets because of your uh, season ticket buyer in program, and, you know, I, I thought that was really nice of her to offer, and she's always been a cool, cool lady, and, yeah, it's it's sad that she can't enjoy it, but I, I'm really glad on your behalf and probably for her, too, that she was able to see that one before she passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely miss her, but uh, we'll just keep the World Series dreaming because, you know, she, she always, for whatever reason, liked what we posted. <laughs> so that... Uh, yeah, we'll just do it for Mama Catuli. Uh, she'll be missed. <laughs> going to that first Cubs game without her is going to be tough. It was always our thing. Yeah. Are you going to take the wife now? Um, to most of the games, yeah. But yeah. That's kind of why I'm selling as many tickets as I can, trying to avoid going for as long as I can. Yeah. But when you, when you go back, like, you know, you – You'll have all those memories. Uh, just think of the happy ones, I, I think. Like, you know, don't let me presume to tell you how to feel, but I, I think uh, part of the reason you were a Cubs fan is because of your mom, and I, I think you should always keep that with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That first Cub game is going to be rough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, your your wife or a friend will be there to support you. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Words fail me, sir. But, uh, yeah, your mom will be missed. Like, uh, And I'm sure she'll be <laughs> seeing plenty of games with Ernie and Ronnie up in the sky. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Cubs even... I sent out a tweet to the Cubs and David Ross thanking them for helping me get um, an autographed ball from David Ross at the convention for the 70th anniversary, for my mom's 70th birthday, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs actually tweeted back and saying she she will be missed. So it, it was nice for the Cubs to acknowledge. 
Yeah. They, they always do right by their fans. Like uh, you remember uh, last year when our the friend of the blog, John Arguello, died. Uh, they named a backfield or, or like a street along the backfield for him because he was such a mainstay in yeah, Mesa. Yeah, field, yeah. One yeah. of the attractive fields at, in Mesa. Yeah, from Cubs Den. And Cubs Den is still going strong, so everybody should continue to read that. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of Cubs fans that have come and gone, but, you know, we're a big family, and we all always look out for each other. And I, I feel like that's one of the cool things about being a Cubs fan is that all of us are just in it together and having fun together and crying together and laughing together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Through the triumph and the tears Will you answer all our hopes and prayers And as you raise So we'd like to thank you all for listening to our goofy little podcast. Our Dreamcast is now on iTunes. We'd love it if you can rate us there and just generate a rating so people are more likely to find us. And, you know, we do this as a hobby, but uh, it'd be kind of cool if more people showed up and gave us, like, mail, email, for example. You can always email us at World Series Dreaming at gmail.com. Yeah, so the more ratings and condolences offered to buy tickets, I got plenty of them. <laughs> Questions, a compliment, hate mail, I don't care. Just tell us something. Yeah, yeah, we, we could use some mail. But uh, yeah, and you can always find us on, on the Facebook at, uh, at our website. Uh, WorldSeriesDreaming.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Cubic Snarconia, and the official World Series Dreaming Twitter is at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'd like to thank everybody for again for listening to us, for reading our blogs, for interacting with us on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Um, we'll hopefully see you next week or so and we'll talk more about the roster as like roster decisions cuts and potential trades happen maybe potential signings and uh, yeah anything else we can think of uh, that's all for now all right well until next time guys thank you for listening and go Cubs see ya it was more than just a game